1: Welcome to the Tuesday, November fifteenth edition of the Waver Wire Football or Fantasy Football Podcast. Joe and Jake and he set for some waiver wire pickups. Stick around. Obviously, we'll hit the break here and uh, get things underway. <laughs> Welcome again to the Tuesday, November 15th edition of the RotoWire wire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. I'm Joe Barlick, family of JB Fantasy Sports. As always, in office now this time uh, with me is Roto-Jake at Roto-Jake. We're, we're getting you set for week, boy, is it 11 now of the waiver wire pickups. Kind of insane. We've hit that point in the season. Still, of course, teams on by. We're going to discuss the Monday Night Football game. The Commanders pull off the upset. No longer undefeated teams. We had to do that cliche, uh, 72 Dolphins pop the champagne mm-hmm. bottle uh, BS. Great. Can't wait to discuss them more. And finally, positive Packer news. This is fantastic, right? Christian Watson... Uh, thank you, Brady Ford, for actually playing free safety. Darnell Sandwich has no idea what to do. Lots more to cover here before we do that, though. Let's get word from our sponsors. No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today, playing in pickup contests versus other people for shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your house or sorry skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all of your uh, picks bet on up to five player props props props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with your promo code NHWIRE, that's N-H-A-W-I-R-E, at No House Advantage, or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined, because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. And Jake didn't miss out on going to the Packer game. You lucky bum. You were, you made the correct call and actually went to the game.
2: Yeah, I know with how things have been going, I was very tempted to put those tickets right back on the marketplace. And, uh, unfortunately enough, a lot of Packers fans did just that. The Cowboys had an excellent showing here, but they all showed up to be disappointed. So, uh, <laughs> a hell of a game by, uh, you know, Rogers and company. It's nice to beat Mike McCarthy and his return back. And, um, yeah, I mean, Hey, it, it's, it was as good of a week as I could have asked for, uh, I've caught up on as much football as I can since then. It always gets tough to, uh, you know, not be watching the red zone, making the live for, or making the drive from Madison up to Lambeau here. But uh, there's snow on the ground here in Wisconsin today. It is football weather. The fantasy playoffs are fast approaching, and hopefully, we've got a lot of good intel to share with you guys this week. So,
1: so Jake, this doesn't happen very often. We actually have live news happening at the moment, so I want to talk about this, and we'll actually jump right into what is probably going to be a popular waiver discussion at wide receiver. So, it was just announced, Cooper Cup placed on injured reserve with a high ankle sprain. Obviously, he'll miss the next four weeks of the season. That means, for the most part, he is out for your fantasy playoffs. Now, we can have this discussion, do you trade for Cooper Cup with the idea that you can use him? I'm sorry, he's out for the rest of the regular season. He'll be available, possibly, for the fantasy playoffs. We'll have that discussion. But with the news breaking that Cooper Cup is basically done for the fantasy regular season and placed on injured reserve, what's your thoughts on Allen Robinson, who is available in Stake League? And I have some... Money that I'm willing to just dole out for a possible fantasy wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, well, you,
2: when you're playing from behind, I guess, you know, you got to – this is a bit everything on Allen Robinson. But for the most part, uh, 62% rostered, he's not going to be out there for you. Know, I know a lot of the – that number is high because there's a lot of dead teams, right, that drafted him at a reasonable draft spot and then have just, like, hung on to them just by not managing their right. team. So, uh, you know, that's the reason that number is high, and he may have a little more availability in, in your more active leagues here. But um, I don't know. I think I might be looking to Van Jefferson, who scored a touchdown this week. I put a highlight, I put a little a segment on him in our wide receiver area. I mean, even Ben Corona could be, uh, could be viable here in this offense. And of course, Higby probably gets a boost, too. I mean, that's 15, 20 targets a game to go around. I mean, he was on pace to be one of the top targeted receivers here. So, um, I mean, there's some downside for the overall offense. I mean, there's no running game to speak of. They still can't really protect Stafford. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, Stafford plays, right? We
1: had had Wolford, right, whatever his name is. Yeah, exactly. But wasn't it
2: just a concussion, if I remember correctly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which a
1: midweek concussion. I don't know what the Rams were doing at practice that they were uh, beating up on Stafford to that extent, but yeah, (laughs) midweek concussion. I
2: can just picture uh, a coach reaction to drilling a guy in a red shirt (laughs) because I've seen that before a couple times, and uh, it is not pretty. But, uh, um, <laughs> you've seen that a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you at the
1: Rams practice and are just watching Stafford get beat. I'm just
2: talking people. like way back in my day, some meatheads not paying attention to what they're doing and they smoked the quarterback, you know, you're getting pulled up by the collar and tossed out of practice, but I, I have no idea what happens. You know, I guess, you know, we can, we can, picture all these different kinds of scenarios as to how that happened or who knows maybe it's like a weird fluke injury like he slipped in the shower or something or like k-rod stepping on a cactus in spring training oh, i'll never John forget that one. for the
1: suitcase in the foot too yeah yeah that.
2: exactly there's so many uh so many freak things that could probably happen that aren't get, getting reported but yeah we can speculate on that all we want but um Wow, that is a crazy uh, big injury that changes the wide receiver landscape quite a bit here. Um, You want to touch on Monday Night Football before we uh, get into the meat and potatoes? I I want
1: to keep doing our regular thing, but when we have breaking news to this level that happens just now with, again, Cooper Mm Cup placed it into reserve, likely done for the fantasy regular season. Fantasy regular season, not regular season total. Oh, possibly. I don't know. If the Rams are out of playoff contention, do you really bring back your uh, MVP, he's having surgery.
2: Guys, right? the, I just got an alert on my oh, phone. Surgery. That he's having okay, there surgery! There you go. I mean, that, so, that I mean, might be it. I don't, is, I don't think there is. I don't think there is a trade for Cooper Cup angle here. You don't really want to give up anything for someone you might not see. You know, yeah. For dead weight, I
1: mean, this, yeah, especially when it comes to an ankle injury like that, I agree with you. It's. I, I will just say this again. We are disciples of the Mario Puig uh, programming, <laughs> and, and Mario has been saying really since the beginning of the season, if the Rams were going to continue to use Cooper cup the way they did last year, but also even more. So this year, something bad was going to happen. I mean, that guy is essentially no, no, because that, I mean, that, that is about as, as clear of a call as you can have, uh, with that again, Cooper cup on injured reserve, having surgery on his ankle for high ankle sprain, likely mm-hmm. done for the season. If that is the case. Okay. Monday night football. I mean, we had an upset commanders end up winning. I had so many friends chastising me because I said, commanders, uh, Plus 11 was a dumb bet. There's no way the commanders are going to do well. They're a bad football team. The Eagles are a good football team. And uh yep, once again NFL season kicks me in the butt because that was absolutely incorrect.
2: Eagles at home. Philly fans never change. They uh <laughs> they booed the Eagles off the field. They're undefeated eight and no Eagles off the field at halftime there. So, you know, way to go, Philly. But uh, you know, it was it was looking like this almost from front to back. I mean, the first half I wrote a note here saw the most lopsided time of possession against an Eagles team in over twenty years. Wow. And um And then, of course, Joey Sly comes out, has a crazy game, a 58-yard bomb later kicks a 54 yarder. I mean, this was just the commanders uh, through and through. I mean, one way you see, you talk about this with, uh, you know, the bills and the chiefs, but the one way to combat those high powered offenses is to just hang onto the football and have really, really long drives. Don't allow them to get into any rhythm. And then maybe if you get a three and out, uh, like, which is exactly what happened when the Eagles got the ball back to try to just score there at the end of the first half. you end up with these lopsided time of possessions, and, and it works out. The other thing, of course, uh, was the four turnovers by the Eagles. Now, I do want to note that if you didn't watch that game, I would say none of those four were the fault of Jalen Hurts, despite uh, what he was credited with. One was a fumble, fluky thing at the end of the game. They scored a touchdown on the last play when the Eagles were laterally in it everywhere. Um, two of them were, or at least one of them, or actually I believe two of them were receivers that caught passes, took a couple steps, Fumbled the football. Uh, Quez Watkins had a, a very – um, it was, it was a bad good, one. It was a
1: good catch and then just yeah, kind of – it was fl- a great catch. Away, so, I
2: mean, you know, Jalen Hurts comes out. He, fought, he makes the right read. He, he hits Quez Watkins. And they're about to have the ball down three in the Washington – or down six in the Washington red zone or, you know – on the opposite side of the field. They're about to go ahead and win that game. Watkins takes a couple steps. He fumbles the football. You can't pin that on hurts. And then the other, uh, it was
1: Dallas Goddard's a uh, face mask, not face mask.
2: Right? Yes. They, the, one was Dallas Goddard's non-called face mask. So, you know, e- even if the face mask wasn't in play, it was still Goddard that fumbled the ball. But again, I don't want to dog Goddard too much because, uh, um, you know, because of uh, the the circumstances there, and by the way, Dallas Goddard out indefinitely due to a shoulder injury. That oh, was eight minutes. That was okay. eight minutes ago. So we're just having, wow, uh, breaking news yeah. So we're right. just having breaking news. So I'm gonna have to look at that Eagles tight end snap chart to see uh, what is going on over there, and 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 what we can have, what 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 what'll happen here. But anyway, and then the other one, the one Hertz interception, he threw a perfect ball to AJ Brown, absolutely perfect ball that was essentially deflected off of uh, Brown's forearm into the lap of the defender. So, Incredible. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I won't dog Jalen Hurts at all for this loss. He actually, despite those bad breaks, had his team in position to win the game, had a good fantasy day. Who didn't have a good fantasy day was A.J. Brown. Now, he got – he left the game early. He was banged up. He eventually came back out there, but only four targets. You can tell there that, uh, you know, nothing – it's not quite the same there. So uh, Devonta
1: Smith got the touchdown yep. uh, later in the contest as well, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to say, as a Packers fan, we can't complain about poor officiating with the Dallas Goddard fumble because, obviously – the pass interference not call was a big reason why the Packers did end up beating the Cowboys. I was surprised. I mean, it feels like, and I've been discussing this on, on different platforms, and maybe you've overheard too, Jake. Mm-hmm. The, the officiating has been a, a big issue this entire season. I think it's also kind of affected. Uh, what It has made games closer than possibly should be. Now, also, just bad football across both teams has made that a reality mm-hmm. too. Uh, but I, it is disappointing to see that again on the national stage. That I mean, you, you can't. You, you watched that live. It was very clear. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, stuff like this happens.
2: makes people want to call for, you know, instant, more instant replay, four 15 yard penalties. And, you know, we saw how well that worked with pass interference here. This one, I mean, obviously is the prime example of one that would get overturned by that. But I'm not such a huge fan of uh, taking all those personal fouls to review. So I don't know if that's necessarily the solution. In the, and I believe the refs kind of corrected themselves a little bit with a makeup call uh, for the Eagles later in the game that extended a drive. But, um, um and then it was it was a uh, it was a illegal man downfield or you know, there was there's something they they had a small penalty on the punt too which ended up uh running the clock down to the 2 minute warning and cost yeah. the eagles another possession too so uh, you know some of that is uh you know mental mistakes that can't be um you know, that you know that you can't you can't explain away necessarily. Um, we do have to talk about the Washington side. Scary Terry. Um mm-hmm.
1: was actually scary.
2: Yeah, he was actually scary and he continues to be scary. Um, you know, eight for 128 yards, no, no touchdowns, but a, a far and away at team high, eleven targets. He's the most effective option. Him and Taylor Heineke have that kind of chemistry. I saw on Reddit that Terry McLaurin in his career averages ninety yards per game against all bird teams. <laughs> so um you know keep that in mind for when he plays the oh falcons gosh. or anything like that later on yeah just throwing that out there you know this is what you get surfing reddit um and then what else do we have here you know you got, you got to look at the washington running back split here clearly um what's his we're going to call him bulletproof brian now uh brian robinson is the uh, lead back and um you know not not running for a ton of yards for carry but the way this offense is designed uh he's going to take a lot of that volume and he did have a a pretty good Eddie vision play at the goal line when he was getting uh, tackled, backed up and just kind of reached the ball over, knew exactly where he was on the field. So I'll give him credit for that kind of thing. Obviously, I still believe that Antonio Gibson is better. He survived a slight injury scare in the first half. Both of them found the end zone in this one. And, uh, of course, it was Gibson who ends up with three passes, whereas Robinson didn't get targeted at all. So they both have their roles. They both have mild fantasy productivity uh, as long as this offense continues to run. And while this offense continues to run, there is absolutely no way they can go back to Carson Wentz, correct?
1: No, I, I completely agree with you. He's eligible to return this upcoming week. You mentioned Terry McLaurin actually looking scary with him. I think Carson Wentz also with his turnover capabilities. Not that Heineke can't, right? He had that bad interception uh, in this game as well, too, and has, I mean, really cost them the game against the Vikings the week before with another bad interception. There's some, I don't know, we've seen it now for, I would say, almost a year across multiple seasons, but Heineke is a he's a okay quarterback. He's not a great quarterback by any means. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's even top 15. But you look at some of these other ones, like Kenny Pickett and everyone else that has been struggling I think Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz easily and should be the starter for the rest of the way. The Commanders have been winning with Taylor Heineke, or at least being competitive, and you can't say the same thing for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, and- I, I 100% agree. This is this should be Taylor Heineke's team moving out. I mean, the NFC East, every single team is 500 or better, and I believe the Commanders are about a half game uh, within the wild card at this point. You can't derail that momentum right now. So Heineke's the man for the foreseeable future.
1: All right, uh, Week 11, obviously three buys, actually two big. Beat- crucial ones when it comes to the Dolphins and Buccaneers. Buccaneers got that win in Germany, seem to be able to back more on track. Uh, and even Jaguars with Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk have had some fancy value too. So obviously some people we're going to have to figure out uh, and, and kind of sort through. And from a quarterback perspective, you also have... <clears throat> I guess did we miss one? Somebody said they have Geno Smith on by as well too. So that'd be the the, C, the Seahawks are there's actually a fourth team. The Seahawks are also on How did by I this miss week that?
2: Too. whatever I'm Googling is not uh it's not reliable. No, anyway. that's
1: that's fine. So Jaguars, Dolphins, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Kenneth Walker at that mix as well too of teams or players that are fantasy relevant So last week, cover boy Justin Fields at this point is going to be the cover boy in our magazine next year because he has been fantastic. <laughs> that of course would mean we've officially cursed him, which would be great as Packer fans. We'd love that. Mm-hmm. uh But Justin Fields yeah. continues. To I'm be actually insane. all for
2: putting him on our magazine <laughs> next year. You know, as long as we <laughs> yeah. do the magazine, Justin Fields is the cover boy. It's probably been. I mean, how long has it been since a Bears been on there? I can look at our wall of you know, magazines outside. That would be
1: the only uh, shot, right? Yeah, that would
2: probably be the only fantasy shot. Yeah, I guess so. well
1: um fields continues to dominate setting records left and right we had Daniel Jones as a streaming candidate last week didn't really work out all that well and then the case Keenum uh Baker Mayfield situation and neither have been fantastic Deshaun Sean Watson also in the equation too so we had the surprise start this week of Matt Ryan returning the starting lineup you and I had both discussed it when they had made that uh announcement a couple weeks ago there was no way Sam Ellinger was actually going to be your starting quarterback for the entire year. Lo mm-hmm. and behold, Jeff Saturday – actually, no, Jeff Sunday because he's winning uh, – goes <laughs> ahead and puts the correct quarterback in there. And lo and behold, Colts offense looks good. Jonathan Taylor sighting also. Kurt Paris campbell fantastic outing as well, too. Alec Pierce uh, ruined my parlay, but it's fine. So Matt Ryan, interesting name that we have to consider as well, too. Among the Taylor Heineke's of the world – Matt Ryan might be interesting starting Canada. What do you think about uh, him this week if you're missing your quarterback?
2: Yeah, we'll see if he's revitalized at all. I mean, you know, a pretty a modest passing nine twenty or line twenty one for twenty eight two twenty two, uh, four rushes for thirty eight yards and a score on the ground is what, uh, is what really interests me here. I mean. I don't know if I'm going to stream him. You could pick him back up in two quarterback leagues. I don't see why they would go back, you know, at this point after he comes out there and he gets a win. And, you know, Saturday maybe he wants to be the coach there long term and is uh, going to go ahead and uh, use the guy that gives him the best chance to win. But Philly is next up. That's really not a viable streaming option. Even, you know, you'd have to be really hard pressed in two quarterback leagues to be uh, throwing him out there. Uh, but then it gets a little better. Pittsburgh's 27. So, so, so sure. All right. Matt Ryan is what he is. But there is only, um, you know, outside of Pittsburgh and maybe Minnesota in week 15, the Colts have a late bye week 14. Keep that in mind. Um, but outside of week 15 and week 12, those are the only ones where he's really a viable streamer for me. So definitely not a lot of love and redraft, you know, single quarterback leagues and, and same in any kind of, uh, you know, in, in any two quarterback league, he's on the fringe, but of course this is because of the nature of two quarterbacks will have to get picked up
1: uh mentioning the two quarterbacks as well T, you have baker mayfield set to start with pj walker out with a high ankle sprain probably mm-hmm. should have been benched last week anyway and then you have colt mccoy possibly again playing in for kyler murray who did not play against the rams this week with the hamstring injury in the case of colt mccoy i'm, I'm not particularly interested even if it's Kyler Cole, I don't, I don't.
2: really Yeah, yeah, it. against San Francisco in Mexico City. Who right. knows what the heck's going on? You know, who knows? Maybe the ele- elevation will slow down the defenses a little bit. You know, I guess I, 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 g- I guess we'll have to see. I mean, you know, being a, being a UFC guy myself, I uh, you know, I can think of how fighters have to prepare differently for Mexico City, which mm-hmm. is higher. Than Colorado 7,000. 7, yeah.
1: Uh, and I think Colorado is like 3,500, yeah. right. From mm-hmm. So like, do you think like double that? Yeah. I, I was actually just reading on Reddit about that, mm-hmm. uh, elevation. Like I said, there's an NBA, uh, situation where there's possibly a team going to Mexico city. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Elevation kind of an interesting factor in that Baker Mayfield's a little bit more interesting, from a just overall streaming perspective, again, like the going in for PJ Walker, yeah. the quarterback for and Baltimore
2: fans. statistically isn't that great against opposing it quarterbacks. Just so
1: many secondary members hurt, yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. that that's part exactly. of it too. Um, Overall, week week eleven streaming candidates. You have Mariota going into the Bears. Bears defense without Roquan Smith has been a little bit more toothless. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacoby Percent against the Bills. Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, right? We've we've heard reports that the Saints could be considering quarterback chains. Mac, Mac Jones against the Jets. Tannehill Thursday night against the Packers. That's one I like quite a mm-hmm. bit. Although this is, I think, in Lambeau, right? No, uh, it's this is in Tennessee. I'm pretty sure. This, this
2: oh, year. I thought this was at Lambeau. I might, uh, I I might have not. messed that up. I'm, I'm, I'm blanking. Yeah, yeah it's but, definitely at Lambeau. My okay. friend, my friend won. Tennessee tickets in her lottery. They oh, do, okay, there they you do go. these little okay. lotteries where you can win you know, a game each season. It's like a season ticket light thing. But T- yeah,
1: Taylor Heineke against the Texans is interesting, too. We also have a question, and I've seen this in a few leagues as well, too. Do you consider Russell Wilson, who, if use drop in the NFL leagues as well, too? Uh, I think they are going against, let me just pull up to make sure, uh, mm-hmm. without possibly yeah. Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson can be going against mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the Raiders? Raiders.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sure. You could consider Russell Wilson against the Raiders. That would be fine. He's 67% rostered. So we didn't really get on our radar here, but I mean, if you look at the stream guys, I'm going to recommend, I mean, Mariota is always possible, you know, out there to have a decent game. He's only 37% roster. I'd probably take Russell Wilson over him. The other streaming guy I highlighted, cause the list is, uh, you know, it is pretty weak this week. Uh, the other guy I highlighted is Taylor Heineke. Again, he's at Houston this week. So, um, you know, the chemistry he's got with those receivers, it's always going to be a run first offense, but he can be fantasy viable there. And I don't know, Mac Jones is a little bit interesting against the Jets, but not crazy. Um, if you don't have to stream this week, I'll just say one more time you know, you mentioned Deshaun Watson, he's up to 37% uh rostered in Yahoo formats. That's going to dry up pretty soon. Two more weeks on the sideline, and noteworthy, he can return to practice this week. So, uh, if you want to, um, if you you know, if you're okay with doing that, uh, I think I picked him up immediately in my two-quarterback league when I was worried about Josh Allen and his mm-hmm. elbow. And now Josh Allen and his elbow looks like looks like he's going to be fine. You know, I don't, again, a few classes short of my medical degree, but the word that I'm hearing is that it can't really necessarily get much worse. It won't heal on his own if he's out there slinging it, but it can't really get too much worse. So it seems like status quo for him. So, uh, But Watson was a guy I grabbed in my 10-teamer, and I think, you know, as long as I can – St- as long as i can stomach it i'm gonna it's a two quarterback league so i'm gonna go ahead and keep him just to block other people from getting him and hurting me in the playoffs there
1: push comes to shove are you picking heineke or russell wilson as a streaming quarterback this week
2: i'll pick russell wilson as a streaming quarterback probably
1: i don't mind heineke actually and possibly over russell wilson again if, if jerry judy's out uh i think you can't you can't go wrong if you are a streaming quarterback uh, and those are your two options uh, again with geno sure. smith out like you've already kind of had found money uh, in that instance mm-hmm. from a fantasy quarterback perspective. But I think Heineke gets yeah. the Texans. So oh, so totally I'm fun. just
2: – yeah, I guess I'm just expecting similar game flow. And, you know, I guess Taylor Heineke threw 29 passes, 17 for 29. Yeah. That's, is, that's is it re- isn't really that great. Uh, you know, he's winning and he has chemistry with McLaurin, but uh, the Commanders got most of their damage done on the ground here and with their defense. And uh, their defense is an interesting streamer with Chase Young Maybe coming back here pretty soon. So we'll talk about that a little later in the show.
1: I agree with you on that one completely. Um, We'll get to the running backs. Let's take first a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire, again for the video audience. uh, We'll be back momentarily. Audio audience, stick around.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Okay, so from a running back perspective, last week we had mentioned Jeff Wilson. Boy, has that looked good. He looks like he's the clear starter now over Raheem Mostert with both backs acting as pretty good uh, options. Of course, Dolphins can on bye this week, so you have to figure out your, your play there. Kylan Hill, not so much of a factor with Aaron Jones playing. Aaron Jones had a fantastic game. Hey, keep in mind, though, this is a Thursday contest. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe there's a possibility that Aaron Jones is a little bit banged up from all the workload he got last week against the Cowboys. Kyron Williams, boy, I was upset about the lack of usage from him. We'll see if the Rams offense can turn anything around with Stafford or uh, Wolford, whoever's quarterback. Chase Edmonds, not super fantastic either. Jarek McKinnon doing a little bit more. I mean, if you saw Clyde edwards Hilaire completely absent from the box score, of course, that really Mm -hmm. hurt for my stake league team. That was already dead in the water. Rashad White, I tried to get a little bit tricky with Rashad White, and they dropped him one league knowing that they had a bye this week. Doesn't look so good now because he mm-hmm. seemed to have supplanted uh, Lauren Fernandez, who did leave Germany with an injury, and then Isaiah Spiller didn't do much on that Sunday night loss to the 49ers. I think yeah, Rashad White always more of a stash, but yeah, I think Rashad White's your most popular running back pickup this week, if the Gus Edwards of the world and Pacheco's aren't already picked up. But what's your thought on really all three of these backs?
2: Yeah, so um, I think it has to be Rashad White here. He, uh, you know, sixty four percent of snaps compared to twenty nine point three for Fournette, twenty two carries compared for fourteen. I think uh, this is the first time he got the start over Fournette, and Fournette uh, came away with a hip injury and didn't uh, play in the fourth quarter. Now, of course, he can't kick shot right, right up and use him right away. That's the uh, biggest downside of this. But uh, I saw a report from Greg Allman of The Athletic that Tampa Bay thinks that he's going to hold the starting job. So, you know, it, it, it'll it be past the bye week. I think they'll let the rookie loose and um, make him a top potential contributor this week. So I'm, uh, I'm looking to grab him. That's probably the first name I type in if I'm looking for running backs
1: for sure. Um, with with the Pacheco part of this game, Edwards didn't do anything. Pacheco fumbled first quarter, and I thought for sure I'll get some Edwards Lair production. No dice. In fact, Pacheco got even more carries. At this point, it seems like it's Pacheco's backfield as the ball carrier, and then Jack McKinnon as the pass catcher. Chiefs' offense is humming on all cylinders. Mahomes is looking like the MVP front runner at the moment. I think Pacheco, if if he's somehow still available, is easily worth a spend your entire fab budget kind of play. Like, this is 10-team yeah. weeks where Pacheco might mm-hmm. be available at this point.
2: Yeah, they're, they're sticking with him for sure. You know, there's no denying that. It's his third straight start. The only thing – the weird thing is, is that these starts and these snapshots aren't translating to fantasy production, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw the word yet in there. Mm. You know, I think he'll be involved a little bit more uh, as things go because, yeah, he led the way, 55.6% compared to 6.3% for Edward Alaire and 38.1% for McKinnon. McKinnon is the clear – passing down back and uh, he it's not just the eight targets for McKinnon um, but you know which is something that he has now repeated it's the pass protection there he's looking excellent in pass protection and Andy Reid prioritizes um, you know keeping Mahomes upright and, and out of trouble so I think he's, uh, you know, uh, McKinnon's going to continue to play and he's definitely got Pacheco beat in that area and that's going to cost him some snaps. But Pacheco could see, um, you know, not that the Chiefs will ever be as run heavy as the commanders, but I think of uh, Pacheco as a similar light as like a Brian Robinson in terms of opportunity. Now, of course, we don't know if he's bulletproof or not, but um, we don't but need to he,
1: find out either. Yeah
2: we, yeah, we don't need to find out either. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so Pacheco uh, has got to be, you know, second or third uh, guy on, on the list that I'm targeting here, and the other guy that rivals him, uh, who a lot of people forgot about because of uh, you know you bye know week, the, right? the bye week, right? And that's uh, that's Gus Edwards. Um, I don't see J.K. Dobbins coming he, in. He's
1: not eligible to turn until not this week, but the following week. So, and that would be if he was on the short end of the four week, yeah. as well too. So, I, I think mm-hmm. Gus Edwards is the starting yep. running back for the Ravens. For at least the next three weeks, almost mm-hmm. to a month.
2: Yeah. So Gus has words is definitely, and he's at an even 50% rostered. So, um, I think I'm definitely picking him up, maybe over Pacheco in the, in, in the short term here. Um, just because, just alone, this week he's got the Carolina Panthers, who, of course, not too long ago gave up five touchdowns on the ground to Joe Mixon. So, um, We want to think about Gus Edwards there because he is he he is the guy. So uh, those are the top three names here. There are a couple of secondary names that we can get into as well. Um, You know, new surface about Jalen Warren after our show last week that, you know, there started to be rumblings and he was going to get the start that Najee Harris was going to be benched. And, uh, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, You know, Harris saw 59.5% of the snaps. Warren crept up to 42.9%. 20 carries for Harris, nine for Warren. The offense is kind of a disaster right now. So I don't know how aggressively you take the lower end of the committee on a terrible, terrible offense, but uh, the touches are there to be, you know, desperation flex mode if you have to, or, you know, Or anything along those lines here. So um, it was actually a pretty good game for Harris, too. He was pretty efficient. Um, You know, he got 99 yards, of course, didn't couple that with any catches or touchdowns. So, you know, we'll see how this goes moving forward. But Jalen Warren is in consideration. And then... You know, well, hold on, I, just real quick. The, yeah. the
1: Steelers play the Bengals this week They actually allow the uh, ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Not exactly ideal, but you look at the next two weeks after that, week 12 and 13, Colts and Falcons, mm-hmm. both teams that allow a decent amount of rushing yards, and then week 15 and 16, Panthers and Raiders. Not that you ever wanted to trot out Najee Harris in the fantasy playoffs, or even if you've gotten to that point. But if there is a situation where Harris is supplanted by Jalen Warren, who looks to be more explosive, yeah. with the injury, whatever else with it is going with Anja Harris, mm-hmm. that's an interesting one. Like from a, yeah. a deeper stash can.
2: So, so like if you can, if you can stomach this. I've I've seen Najee Harris and a lot of trades floated around out there being just thrown on as like a kicker to the mm-hmm. trade, not even yeah, yeah. being the centerpiece of the, the trade. Pits. So if you can, yeah, yeah, similar to similar to Pitts, I guess. Yeah, but he's uh, yeah, he's not even the centerpiece of trades now. He's just being thrown on as a kicker by a by fantasy managers that uh, you know that just want to be rid of it and not have to worry about that week to week and. um I wouldn't necessarily mind uh, doing that with the Harris owner. I would pick up a share just because of the playoff schedule and see what happens. So that's a good point that, that he brought up there.
1: Not that um, it's the same level of aggressiveness that we had with Mari Cooper last week where we discovered, Oh yeah, actually let's go ahead and trade everything we can for Mari Cooper because Mm -hmm. his playoff schedule is fantastic. Uh, I do think there's an interesting play. If you can get a Jalen Warren or Najee Harris from a fancy playoff perspective with the idea that maybe one emerges is, uh, over the other, mm-hmm. I guess real quick, uh, baby Santa asks, do you like fields or hurts rest of season? I know we're changing quarterback conversation here, but this is one that I don't really feel like doubling back to my answer to this is good job on having quarterbacks one and two from a fantasy perspective. Fantastic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. My, I mean, my bonehead cut fields after week four in my 14th teamer because he didn't look like he was going to be anything and I needed to stash extra ones. No, I'd probably rather have Hurts. just, uh, um, you know, I don't better think team Justin overall Fields
1: is going to continue setting, uh, NFL records on a weekly basis mm-hmm. but who might yeah to
2: 40 for points sure. a week is nice but I just I, I don't I don't know man it's it's going to come crashing down eventually maybe not crashing down but he's going to just be, be back to earth whereas uh you know Hertz has far better weapons and is on a far better team one I guess you could argue that being on a much worse team means playing from behind more and and having to have these crazy games just to stay in games but um I would I'd rather have the Hertz side
1: At some point, a team is going to have to sell out on stopping Justin Fields, the runner, and Mm -hmm. I I want to know what happens when that occurs. I mean, Fields is such a tremendous athlete. It might not matter. I mean, if the Packers play the Bears one more time this Mm -hmm. season, I guarantee Fields sets another record then because the Packers have had for a Mm decade-plus issues stopping running uh, quarterbacks. Kyron Williams, real quick, you have mentioned on the list. We have been talking about him for weeks now. Disappointing in his uh, Mm -hmm. re-debut, I guess you'd say he did play week one, but he did have more snaps and targets than Akers. I mean, of these running backs, we listed Jalen Warren, uh, Gus Edwards, Pacheco, Rashad White, I think Kyron Williams is by far the lowest on the list. However, most of those guys mm-hmm. are, are close to that 50% roster threshold. Yeah, Just exactly.
2: I mean, I, I bring him up because I think Akers, if you haven't already, can go to your cut list. You know, even if he's getting six carries, it's no real point in rostering someone that's only getting, what, 16.4% of the snaps, which is an, even lower than the 22% that he's had, you know, all year here. So I think uh, I think uh, Akers could be safely cut. And, you know, I can see Williams' role growing here, but I don't know how much of this offense I want to really get after anyway. Um, and there are some other cuts. I mean, Eno Benjamin was a very surprise cut by the Cardinals. Literally
1: was cut by his team, yeah. Well, he was You're literally cut, cut, by team. Team, yeah, exactly. cut, the, cut by his team. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, and with, uh, this is my biggest thing that I was worrying about going into Lambo this week. Is James Conner going to play? Is he not? Um, the fact that they just went out and cut Eno Benjamin makes me think, uh, you know, one, they have – Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram. I Keontae mean, he's Ingram. pretty
1: good, too. And we talked about him like a yeah. week's in James Conner So, yeah. So they
2: have confidence in the rookie, and two, that must mean they have confidence in the health of James Connor as well. So I don't necessarily uh, you know, like him in the altitude a ton against the 49ers this week, Connor. But um, you know, you know, Benjamin will get picked up somewhere, but he's never gonna have as good of a role, or he's very unlikely to have as good of a role here. Um, you know, in, in a similar in a similar light there, Naheem Hines just doesn't I don't know, maybe they'll let him get acclimated more get him more involved but he just doesn't seem like he's a big part of the buffalo scheme at this point here enough that we knew i don't know why they haven't figured it out yet
1: but that's fine
2: exactly enough that he can be safely left on the waiver wire and um you know in your shallower leagues you know latavius murray his workload's been cut into enough that you could probably let him go now he did lead the team in carries with nine but he was on the field for less than a third of the snaps. Mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon led the way there. Uh, Melvin Gordon also had six targets and Chase Edmonds is slowly, slowly getting involved here. You know, Edmonds only played 19% of the snaps in his debut here. But uh, again, you know, like I said last weekend and the week before that, this is just a mess in Denver. You don't need any part of it now. Um, Murray was an emergency bye week fill-in ad that I had, uh, you know, in a couple spots, but he's going to be one of the guys I'm going to move on from while well, I look to pick up some of these other players.
1: Yeah, while the running back position wasn't hot and heavy from a waiver wire perspective, wide receiver definitely is. We mentioned Cooper Cup placed on injured reserve having surgery on his ankle, probably done for the season from the Rams' perspective. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit more. And, of course, Christian Watson – and Kaderi's Tony have plenty of questions, Jake, about all those guys right now in the chat. First word from our sponsor, StatHead. It's easy to find Derrick Henry's statistics from the year. You just go Google search and visit a pro football reference. You can see that he's rushed for over 900 yards and nine touchdowns, and probably way more against the Packers uh, this Thursday. That raises more questions. How many other players have hit those marks through nine games? How many did How many did it at Henry's age? To answer those questions, there's StatHead. StatHead is your all-access pass to the pro football reference database. And StatHead, you can compare up to 6 players' stats side-by-side to determine who to start and who to sit that <laughs> or you can dig through advanced stats to find the perfect player to add off waivers. There's an array of simple tools that unlock an endless number of search options, all using the same easy to use interface that you could already know from Pro Football Reference. Plus, StatHead lets you browse Pro Football Reference ad-free. Sign up with the promo code RotoWire for $20 off an annual subscription to StatHead. I love stats overall, so I'm kind of excited for that sponsorship with StatHead overall. And yeah, again, Derek Henry, uh, 900 rushing yards. I, I would imagine we're going to like triple that uh, in the Thursday game against the Packers. So I mentioned the receivers. Christian Watson, right? a big popular name this week you have cooper cup uh down for the season maybe it's Allen robinson ben skronik you have kaderi i mean this is going to be we're, we're talking week 11 jake mm-hmm. this, this is like spend the rest of your waiver wire on whatever position you might need to identify yeah, that kind of thing.
2: yeah i mean if you're sitting there holding 30 40 percent of your budget at week 15 and you're out of the playoffs guess what you ain't using it so uh spend and spend big here i mean uh we since we we'll get back to cooper cup here but since we uh touched on him already i want to start with christian watson because he's only 10 <laughs> rostered so his availability is just about everywhere now funny funny very funny story with christian watson on that first drive he takes two passes off the hands right yeah, easy drop and uh you know i'm going to, uh, to to go heading off to the crown royal line with my future brother-in-law and he's uh he's he's reagan in the in, in the line about how. Man, he either can't stay healthy or when he's on the field, he can't catch. So, what is he doing here? <laughs> yeah. You know, really, really ragging on him. And I said, Hey, do you remember when Devontae Adams That's had that, exactly had that perfect, it. perfect draft profile, but he bounced a pass off his hands to win the Patriot game that year? And everybody was ragging on him. Give the guy some time. You know, let's see. And then he scores one touchdown, and I look over at him in the stand. And it was a
1: great, it was a like, great mm-hmm. over the shoulder mm-hmm. catch. Finally, right. I mean, that's the thing we yep. been missing. We have the Speedies, exactly. Up, but he hasn't been able to make yeah. that play. And Rodgers
2: hasn't play. been making that throw, those throws this year either. To diamonds. his credit, he mm-hmm. was sharp. He was sharp. He came there, you know, home game. You know, he likes those afternoon games. You know, home game Lambeau Field against McCarthy. I think, uh, I think uh, he he, he had something to prove out there, bit, right? Yeah, yeah. The whole thing got reinvigorated, which is awesome. But anyway, so yeah, drops are sometimes going to be an issue for Watson. But uh, fortunately, at least in this case, um, Aaron Rodgers uh, did not go away from him completely, and he ended up catching four passes for 108 yards and three touchdowns. That's twice as many targets as Alan Lazard uh, as as any other Green Bay wide receiver or tight end here. So I have to think that, you know, as long as he is healthy and out there on the field, there is some sustainability. Now, Randall Cobb is going to be coming back. Um, possibly this week. So we're gonna have to see how that goes. And um, you know, there's still some other guys around there. I, I'm I'm past thinking Sammy Watkins is a threat. Dog. Alan Lazard is probably still the number one, but I don't know for sure anymore after uh, attending this game last week and getting uh, majorly hyped about Watson. So uh, go ahead and um, you know, we talked about the Rams guys, and you know, I compare. You look Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson. Uh, even Ben Skoronek, who's out on the field for 98% of the snaps, which I looked up, you know, since our initial discussion, I still think Christian Watson checks in ahead of those guys. Maybe it's tougher to make the argument against Allen Robinson, but after seeing what Allen Robinson has done so far this year, um, you know, you got to put the blindfold on and not look at the name. And uh, Christian Watson probably becomes the number one wide receiver pickup this week. And, spend it all
1: so so here's my question to you jake because we're intimately familiar with the packers and i guess i'm curious for most of this season when christian watson was healthy right the very few snaps that mm-hmm. he's been healthy when you see christian watson in the field you're thinking he's essentially marquez valdez scantling who's now with the chiefs right a deep threat specialist Rodgers will make that throw you have to stretch the defense somehow mm-hmm. that's been the issue for most of the years that uh, defenses are playing so close you have to stretch the field is Christian Watson, more than MVS now after this one game, in your opinion?
2: Oh, yeah. I definitely, you know, more than MVS for sure. And what's different is, you know, before the concussions and early on in the season, he was getting designed run plays for him. Mm -hmm. He was getting designed screen plays for him. You know, after that week one pass that he dropped, um, I feel like LeFleur was trying to do little things to get his confidence back and scheming certain things for him. So if he gets a couple plays scheme for him per game mixed with a couple deep shots and suddenly Rogers is also comfortable going to him over the middle, then yes, I think he's definitely more than MVS.
1: So that's my answer as well too. I, I think he's actually already more than MVS and I'm glad you, brought up Devonte Adams' as rookie year. And shout out to Gina, my friend, because I remember this conversation very vividly back in high school. I was dogging Devonte Adams and saying how bad he was. And it really, and she's like, no, 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 Devonte Adams might be pretty good. He just had the one bad year with all the drops, whatever else, and developed into what was going to be possibly a future Hall of Famer if he hadn't left the Packers, but certainly mm-hmm. a top player and receiver at his position. I don't think Christian Watson will ever be Devontae Adams. I don't think he's a guy that's getting 14 targets per game, but I do think he's going to be better than MVS where you're talking about four catches and maybe he gets one 50-yard bomb. Mm-hmm. What- I actually think it's it, it dates back to the Bills game where they were so upset that Christian Watson left that first game or first play with an injury because they had scheme stuff for him. And you could see him dropping F-bombs when he saw Christian Watson hurt like that was clearly yep. in the game plan. This is the culmination. This Cowboys game was the culmination of what Christian Watson in the game plan meant. Yes, he caught the deep pass yet he had to cross over the middle. I don't think he's getting ten plus targets, but I do think he's getting enough opportunities where we're not saying this is just MVS for hoping to get a sixty yard catch for touchdown. It's more (laughs) than that. I agree with you. Christian Watson is my overall top pickup this week, even over all these other uh, receivers for the Rams and Chiefs.
2: Yeah, and and uh, Tennessee this year in you know against opposing receivers in uh, PPR formats, third worst. Yeah, and then. And then things get a little bit tough because they got the Eagles and the Bears have been are a little bit better both top 12. And then there's the late bye week, week 14, we have to remember that. But the Rams, Dolphins and Vikings are all kind of bottom half teams against the opposing wide receivers, so it's a pretty nice playoff schedule as well.
1: And we just saw Darius Slayton get cooked by Terry McLaurin, not that Christian Watson's Terry McLaurin, but I mean that's the speed threat. I I just I'm pretty convinced that was a coming out party mm-hmm. for Christian Watson. And no, he's not your Amon Ross St. Brad. I've been seeing that up, oh, which rookie receiver is going to do well at the end. of this? That's not Christian Watson. That's not going to Yeah, happen. he could be. No. Then he has to get 10 plus targets a game. And I just don't see that occurring. So yeah. I, right. I think Christian Watson's fine enough and is my top waiver wire pickup pick up this week. But he's not quite to that level. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the Chiefs? Because this is going to be really interesting. Yes,
2: exactly. I thought you were maybe trying to keep bringing up Valdez Scantling. Because of this Chiefs transition here, right? Yeah, okay. that and
1: the Canaries Tony, who had that nice mm-hmm. little deep catch as well, too. I mean, so you have Juju Smith-Schuster, absolutely wrecked, had the fencing thing we saw with Tua. I think because of that, there's no way Smith-Schuster mm-hmm. plays this week and possibly the week yeah. after. So you're talking most likely two weeks. Not yep. most likely. Possibly two weeks where we don't know who the top receiver mm-hmm. besides Travis Kelsey is for yep. the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, and then we throw out there that was a, you know was a DNP Sunday with an abdominal injury that I – was not even kind of tracking at all because he was one of the guys we had discussed last week um, as, you know, as someone to potentially add here. So now we're looking at Valdez Scantling at 41% and Kadarius Tony at 52%. I believe Tony had the touchdown uh, this week. And um, I mean, I mean, both these guys are interesting here. I I think
1: I'm not sure. Did you see Tony's touchdown by chance?
2: Um, No, I I vaguely remember it It was a
1: scheme play. They were faking the left side and then had Tony run to the right, he was like the fifth option and nobody covered him. So just because he scored the touchdown, I don't know if it's consistent to me. It was that deep ball catch on the right Mm sideline and and you could just look it up. It was a great play, but that's, that was what you were thinking that the giants were going to use Kadarius Tony for as a, a stretching specialist in that regard. And I feel much more confident. I mean, it was a, a fake pump for Patrick Mahomes, who then throws it up there. I, I think Kadarius Tony is actually going to be more involved in the offense. Provided yeah,
2: Tony was the ceiling option and MVS is the floor option. Because if you look at the snap share here, MVS, 83.9% of snaps, and Tony just 45.2% of snaps. Now maybe some of that is him getting acclimated. He only played 7.7% of snaps in his Chiefs debut there the week before here. And, of course, Tony has maybe even a little bit more of an injury history there. so. You know, if you want to get your safe seven, eight points, I'd probably look at MVS. But if you want a better chance of a 20, 25 point game, you maybe look at Tony's. And that's kind of how I see that both of these guys are uh, somewhere between five and fifteen dollars in your uh, fab budget. Or five and fifteen percent, I should say. So, uh, the, yeah, those go guys go are both on, on the board. On Tony, for sure. You go sure. higher on Tony. Gotcha. Yeah,
1: not so much. I'm not. I haven't seen the Chiefs use MVS any differently than how the Packers do. And I'm not convinced I would be wasting a lot of money on, on MVS in that case. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Cooper Cup again, probably done for this season at surgery on his ankle, uh, high ankle sprain. So at minimum, he was out three or four weeks. Allen Robinson dropped the stake league. I'm going to be considering that. But I think Van Jefferson as well, too, has to be in consideration over Ben Skronik. I, I know he's getting plenty of playing time, but. Skronik's just, just a really bad receiver mm-hmm. overall. I yeah,
2: Skronik only had like two of his seven targets. Like He's getting looked at a lot, and of course, this wasn't even Stafford, so how much do you want to take that into account there? Um, but Skaronek actually led all receivers with a 98.3% snap count, Allen Robinson down at 91.7 here. So again, if you want to go with a pretty floor PPR option, Skaronek's on the board. Allen Robinson's obviously your high ceiling option, but uh, definitely don't forget about Van Jefferson. Now, Jefferson... Only 28.3% of his snaps, but he did catch all three of his targets for 27 yards and a score. He has gotten, in his three weeks since returning uh, from injury, he's gotten zero, five, and 3 targets. He didn't catch any of his five targets against Tampa Bay. So really, these were his first passes of the season here. And, uh, you know, a guy like Van Jefferson, second round, 57th overall pick, you know, pretty high draft pedigree there. And the opportunity is about to, uh, you know, pretty much be right in his face. So, you know, some of it's going to depend on whether they can keep their quarterback upright. We will see. I have don't have a ton of confidence in that. But uh, but, you know, Van Jefferson's the guy who um, is far more available than Allen Robinson and has a far higher ceiling than Ben Skronik. So he's the guy that's going to apply to most of these conversations. Now, I'd rather have Watson. I'd rather have Tony. Um, I think I'd put Jefferson ahead of MVS because of that ceiling conversation here. So those are your top four receivers this week. You know, Watson, Tony. Um, Jefferson, MVS. But I do want to mention one more guy before we move on from receivers who I think is being disrespected.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say real quick, um, Saints, obviously the, the opponent for the Rams this week, Marshawn Lattimore has missed the last five games. We have no idea if he'll be able to play or not. I mean, if Marshawn Lattimore plays, then Alan Robinson becomes less interesting. But overall, if mm-hmm. you have one of your top corners out, it's a trickle down effect. And then Van Jefferson. Yeah,
2: wouldn't that. that be something if you empty like $80 of your stake league budget and then Alan Robinson gets completely blanked by Marcus Lattimore?
1: Uh, I mean,. Uh, my team sucks anyway, so why not just uh, roll the dice <laughs> it, and continue give sucking? It, sucking right? Give it a go, right? Uh, yeah. All right. So, go ahead. I'll, I'll tee you off time at People's Jones. Uh, yeah. I, I know, know. I feel like
2: I talk about People's Jones every week, man, and uh, the disrespect is, uh, is unbelievable. 35% rostered. I mean, what is he going to have to do? Every single... 12 team and 14 team league in that is either like, uh, you know, not counting the friends and family stuff, but is right. are either official expert leagues or uh, leagues with people that I respect very highly. People's Jones has been rostered for the last several weeks, and I know that's just kind of a narrative based thing, but uh, you know, I'm going to read his PPR totals since week four 12.1, 9.9, 11.6, 13.1, 12.1 by. and you know we talked so heavily about the Amari Cooper playoff schedule and uh Deshaun Watson coming back here so um there's so many things going in Donovan Peoples Jones favor he seems to have a very very safe floor now I'm not expecting too many 20-25 point games but uh, Donovan people's Jones could easily be a wide receiver three on a championship team somebody that you didn't really have to pay much for or maybe you have to start paying for now I guess but you didn't have to pay much more if you'd have listened to us a couple weeks ago and uh, is somebody that can pretty much be a mainstay in your lineup and get you produ- productivity and um you know that's uh he's basically like he's like last year's Hunter Renfro Hmm. That's how I'm going to equate that. Maybe Hunter yeah. Renfro had a little higher of a ceiling, a little more production, but it's 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 similar. You know, an, an uh, under uh, respected wide receiver two on a mediocre team. Well, I guess the Raiders were better last year, but uh, you know the Browns are actually decent this year. So uh, no, about but as good as the Raiders were. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. I don't know if we can say the same about the Browns necessarily. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I see him in the same light as Hunter Renfro now again th- this means that people's Jones will end up being like a top 80 player next year and get wildly wildly overdrafted but for the rest of this season i think uh, I think you got a fine asset here
1: Let's uh, spend some time on the tight end position, which in past weeks has been a little bit uh, less. But You know, you got Cole Kvet doing his thing. Zach Hurts possibly done for the season. There's Trey McBride, Dallas Goddard, you just mentioned at the top of the show. Going to be out multiple weeks for the Eagles. Lots to discuss with that. Before we do so, get a word from our sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more of your speed, they got plenty of that, too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play easy to win daily fantasy player pops join now at monkey knifefight.com and you get your first game free then use promo code rwnfl to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $200 so what are you waiting for join monkey knife fight today all right mr cole Komet was a feature of last week's show thank goodness now what four touchdowns in the last two weeks noah fant even had some mm-hmm. uh showing in germany as well too hey let's first check on david njoku because he's Possibly dropped, at least in bye weeks, at 67% Mm -hmm. rostered. Um, You have been a huge proponent of David Njoku for most of the season. You've utilized him. I think in State League, right, or in a couple yeah. of different
2: leagues? Yeah, and David Njoku possibly coming back this week uh, would make me a little bit less bullish on Peoples Jones. We'll see what happens mm, here mm, yes, uh, you know with David Njoku here. But, 60, I mean, okay, see, so obviously you look at Komet first, four touchdowns in two weeks. You can't deny that. Only 61% on Yahoo. Similar vein, David Njoku, type his name in, make sure he wasn't dropped, 67%. He's very useful in a barren tight end landscape. So now, after that, we need to get into some of the players that um, – that are actually within our threshold and of course uh checking uh drops from last week's bye weeks you know where people had to make very difficult decisions i think a lot of people forgot about how useful hayden hurst has been Mm -hmm. that was a big bye week uh, casualty for many eight or more ppr points in five of the last six weeks prior to the bye and i wrote down that there's still targets out there with jamar chase out here so um especially you know, we've seen so many times that Joe Burrow's been under pressure, unable to get the ball downfield. Hayden Hurst benefits from that. Um, you know, so does Tyler Boyd to some degree here. But, uh, you know, t- Hayden Hurst has to be a name that you check out, you yes, know, just to take behind Njoku and Komet. You know, there's not that much separation
1: in my eyes. But to reinforce your point, they have the Steelers this week. We think T.J. Watt will be officially back. He was activated off offensive reserve this past week, played a limited amount of snaps. Pass rushing specialist through and through, right? T.J. Watt will be a problem for that Bengals offensive line. What's he doing,
2: man? Didn't he tear his back? He's going to end up just like his brother. uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know. And he came back, and he also had arthroscopic knee surgery as well during that time period that he Uh, That sounds about right. All right. So Foster Moreau, interesting as well, with Darren Waller surprisingly placed an in injured reserve out the next four weeks. You have a pretty good schedule from at least the tight end perspective, allowing points to the tight ends, I should say, over the mm-hmm. next four weeks with Darren Waller out. How much do you trust Foster Moreau in deeper leagues?
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely backing up my Hearst bids with Foster Moreau bids. I think he's better than the next set of names we're going to mention here. This, you know, again, warrants us talking about him. Uh, Standalone a little bit. You know, you got Waller on, on IR, obviously. You've got a slot kind of, you know, short short to medium route guy and hunter renfro also on ir with an oblique injury here so one, there's targets to go around targets to go around on a bad team that's playing from behind in the loss to indy this week he caught three of his four targets for 43 and a score so he's involved and you mentioned the schedule uh at denver at seattle denver defense good overall but number only number 18 against tight ends seattle number 31 against tight ends in uh, ppr here so uh definitely some short-term utility because uh you know we should have mentioned this at the top of the segment zach ertz carted off the the field likely done for the season yeah. he was one of the few you know his production wasn't quite there with you know Andrews Kelsey and those types of guys but uh he's producing more than Kittle for example and he's producing more he's probably yeah definitely like five yeah four or five yeah, yeah. and cut it off the field he's going to see a specialist or get a second opinion on his knee injury but he's more likely the not out for the season and can go on your drop list here. So yeah, I'm looking for Hayden Hurst first. Then I'm looking for Foster Moreau. Um, well, obviously after Komet and Joku here, and then we get a trio of names that uh, is a little bit interesting, but I'm not quite as high on.
1: Yeah. So I think one of them is different than the other. And I'll, I'll tee you up for this Trey McBride. You mentioned Zach Ertz being probably done for the season early second round pick or like, I guess mid second round pick for the Cardinals this year. Now McBride has done nothing. And it was a little bit curious. They even chose to take McBride in the first place because they have Zach Ertz, but here you go. I mean, this is a guy that entering, entering the NFL was meant to be a pass catcher. I mean, that was the whole thing with Trey McBride, that he was going to be a really good pass catching tight end. end. And we know rookie tight ends tend to develop a little bit more or take time to develop Isaiah Likely's, which we'll mention as well too, Mm -hmm. aren't the normal thing. And I know the Cardinals offense is weird. But if you're talking uh, secondary tight end options, Cole Komet, David Njoku, Hurst being among that group, I'll look Foster Moreau first. But then Trey McBride, absolutely in 12 team leagues. And I think uh, you know, even deeper mm-hmm. ones than that, needs to be rostered and possibly started this
2: week. Yeah. So the concern would be that he only got one target after Ertz went down. You know, maybe they weren't ready to really scheme him into the game plan to the level Ertz was. So I can I can live with that. I mean, 14 for Hopkins, 13 targets for Rondell Moore. Hopefully, listen to us on that a couple of weeks back. Um, But so I think he'll expand once they're ready to scheme for him because he was out on the field for more than 90% of snaps, 90.8% of snaps. He just being out on the field is encouraging enough. You know, we'll see. What if any difference there is between, uh, you know, McCoy and Kyler Murray in, in the altitude they both have to pass. on Monday I mean, night? That's, yep. that's
1: like the whole thing of that offense is that they're throwing mm-hmm. 35, 40 times. And if you have something that's out there 90% of the set, it's the Greg Dulcich thing, right? I mean, like, I, yep. I don't, I, I was upset because I think Elberto Equipment was a better player than, than Dulcich. But regardless if Dulcich is playing and they're passing the way they do, he's going to get opportunities. I think it's the same thing with Trey McBride.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dulcich, of course, you know, he let us down this week a little bit, so apologies for that, but still 89% of the snaps here, so I'm not letting him go necessarily. But, yeah, Trey McBride, draft pedigree, plenty of opportunity mm-hmm. here out on the field a lot. Um, You know, he's he's the man there. And then, you know, I noted Isaiah Likely, but he his outlook goes down quite a bit when Mark Andrews comes back, and I think we're going to see Mark Andrews back this year, but Likely only 22% um rostered there. And, of course, you know, we mentioned Dallas Goddard. I think the receivers are going to be the ones to absorb most of this for the Eagles. Let me see if we have Philly snap counts here yet.
1: I was just going to say, if you would have told me Goddard done for the year, missing a lot of time. My first thought would have been Richard Rogers, right? Former Packer that had been with the Eagles for a couple of years too, and was Mm -hmm. kind of critical post Zach Ertz trade as the number two tight end for the Eagles when they were using that offense. Richard Rogers is on the chargers. And actually, one that could maybe add to this equation, too, in deeper leagues, Gerald Everett left Sunday's game with the 49ers, and then you had Trey McKitty, third-round pick from last year, uh, fill in six targets. McKitty dropped a very easy yeah. touchdown. McKitty's more of a blocking specialist anyway, but that's another one too that if Gerald Everett misses that week, you could probably start Trey McKitty given Mike Williams and Keenan Allen team not playing be injured, although they're both practicing potentially this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That that's like that's uh in your Scott Fishbowl type of leagues where yeah, Trey, Trey, Trey McKinney becomes valuable. Yeah, I know,
2: I know. I went to find a uh, you know, a, a guy got, or Goddard replacement here, and I don't think you're gonna find it on the Eagles here. Goddard actually played a hundred percent of the snaps yesterday yesterday so uh, uh, it's tough to get a really good read here but I think they spread it out Uh, you know maybe not so much Quez Watkins anymore uh, you know after that critical critical uh, fumble but Zach Pascal and you know Devontae Smith you know might get a little more work so I don't know
1: enough of the practice squad eligible players across the league but I would be shocked if they don't bring in somebody, they're eight and one, right? And like the tight end is a crucial role for me. I mean, it's not going to be Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, you can't just replace that with some random scrub. So I'll be really curious to see how that sort of unfolds. And it's unfortunately one of the, the air, I guess, I guess airs. one of the problems of us doing the Tuesday waiver wear podcast is that we don't mm-hmm. have information for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, that will be coming up, but we have articles like yeah. that get posted throughout the week on the website uh, highlighting other kind of top pickups that we discover later mm-hmm. on. So just re- recapping the position at tight end, Check on Cole Komet, check on David Njoku, check on Hayden Hurst. Each one of those three has been a factor every time they've been healthy and available and I think are consistent. However, if you're trying to uh, get some depth at the position, Foster Moreau with Darren Waller on injured reserve and I think Trey McBride are the two that kind of rise to the top, Mm -hmm. right?
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think I'd, you know, just because of uh, Bateman and stuff being out for Baltimore, I think I'd put likely over that big crop of, uh, you know, very risky, not, likely to do a whole lot tight end groups. So, but, but just slightly.
1: Um, real quick, go through the tight ends of kickers and I'll start teeing us up for a few trade questions that we have, Jake, because course, All right. we're approaching. The okay. Yeah.
2: I'll make my run. Uh, I never really talk about kickers on this show, but in the whole theme of, uh, picking someone up that was dropped, Nick folk. Nick folk is probably better than the kicker you have on your roster. There's at least a 75% chance that Nick folk is better than the kicker on your roster. And he's down to 47% on Yahoo. I actually rostered two kickers for my friends, 14 team league. And I, and I said, Hey, you know, you got to keep this person on your or bench Justin this Tucker, week. Justin Tucker, who was on yeah. high as well this past I don't week. think anyone would drop Justin Tucker. but well, I did that two-kicker thing, too. I guess it's worth a, uh, I guess. It's worth it. But anyway, uh, swipe him up or or go ahead and pick him up if he was dropped. Nick Foles can be your kicker rest of the season. Go for it. And kind of the inverse of that, um, you know, Nick Folk was the number four fantasy kicker. Think twice about dropping Jason Myers this week for the Seahawks. He's the number one fantasy kicker. Think twice about dropping Ryan Suckup this week for the Bucks. He's the number three fantasy kicker. Mm. Um, you know, if you can, and there isn't that deep of a waiver wire out there, I would hold on to those guys if you can, but definitely, uh, like I said, there's a 75% chance or greater in your league that, um, that Nick Folk is better than the kicker that you have. So go ahead and do that because, uh, you know, it's just, it just helps every little bit helps your team. If you're still, if your league is primitive and still using kickers, um, you know, you might as well take advantage of that and make the most out of the uh, expected value at your position there. Um, so defenses got to start with the same theme here, Denver Broncos, 56% rostered. If you've watched any Broncos football all year, you know that defense is not the problem in Denver here. Uh, so Denver who had their buy, um you know after the overseas game they're only at 56 percent rostered in yahoo so definitely go and take a look mostly because they are home against the raiders this week Mm. and uh and you know there's a good chance they could be your starting defense in spots at least the rest of the season but they're an excellent stream this week don't really count as a stream because of their ownership level but i definitely go look to make sure that they weren't dropped um after that, uh let's see, you know, I'll, I'll give away the sauce for some of our paywall articles here. Uh Jerry likes the Bengals and I agree with him. They're at Pittsburgh this week. That offense is a mess. Um, you know, they'll lose a weapon in Clay's pool, clay Chase Claypool. They can't get their run game together. They're just um they're just messy all around that's that's the reason for that exactly and the other one that stood out to me and uh our our free agent columnist kevin payne agrees with me as well that is the washington commanders here you know we saw them look capable against the eagles this week there's a chance not guaranteed but there's a chance chase young gets activated uh pretty soon and that's just going to elevate the whole defense uh you, you know collectively And um, even if he's limited, you know, you can still get him in there to wreak some havoc on some pass rushing downs. We'll see what happens here. But they're on the road against Houston this week. Obviously, Davis Mills, you know, one of the worst offenses in the league. Uh, You know, Damian Pierce could possibly run on him a little bit. But um, I don't know. Commanders only 6% if you have to stream one. I mean, Tampa Bay, who's on a bye this week? uh is the real one that you have to replace right i think Seahawks Dolphins and Jaguars are all probably droppable uh you know for the next stream so uh you know if you're a Tampa Bay defense owner i don't know if i would drop them and I'd look to one of those options.
1: Yeah. Commander's been the one that I've been picking up uh, in leagues where I need a defense. Are you ready to answer some questions? We have a, a bevy of them here.
2: Today. Yeah, let's uh, let's do some quick. All right. Here. So we'll
1: start. We'll start first with, I think, an intriguing uh, philosophical question. So this okay. person has a pretty good roster already set, and they're planning for the fantasy playoffs. Should they get the backup to Saquon Barkley and Matt Breida in case Saquon would get hurt? Or do you consider that a wasted roster spot?
2: I mean it depends what's out there. If uh you're in a really, really deep league where everyone's on top of it and none of the and there's no Rashad White, there's no Christian Watson, there's no uh there's no Tony, there's no Van Jefferson, there's no Peoples Jones, there's no uh Pacheco or Edwards, um then sure, if it's a deep league and that's the best pickup, it's better than holding dead weight on your roster. Um at the same time, I don't think that necessarily that move might not have to be made this week. Why don't why not grab one of these guys if they're out there and make that move next week or the week after when there's a much thinner waiver wire? So uh, that's kind of how I look at that.
1: Okay, that's fair. I, I I tend to be comfortable taking the backups and I think specifically you mentioned Jalen Warren, um, uh, but that's a different scenario where Jalen Warren could actually play, mm-hmm. even if Nasha Harris doesn't get hurt. So you have some utility, kind of like Khalil Herbert, and David Montgomery. Whereas you know Matt Breida is mm-hmm. never playing. Unless Saquon Barkley say. And do we know
2: care. for sure that Breida is like the surefire handcuff there yeah. necessarily? Yep. E- even then, though, I would probably rather play Rashad White in a timeshare than Matt Breida as a starter. So you know what does that say?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a relevant question that, to be honest, at this point of the year, I hope we don't have to solve or answer right because like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people relying on Saquon Barkley, yep. and uh, I was already burned on that. So exactly. I don't wanna, Get, get anyone upset. There's
2: me. no real pressure to address that situation right, right at this very second, right at this week.
1: All right, so this person asked, should they trade Ramondre Stevenson and Christian McCaffrey for Waddle again, who's on buy, and Delvin Cook. They just lost Cooper Cup. They still have ETN at running backs. So they're losing the two Ramondre and CMC for Waddle, and they're still getting one back in Delvin Cook. Mm. I think I'd your theory the – you, Oh, see, now nah, I thought your theory of taking the best player is where Delvin Cook would go with this. I
2: I love Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, that's I, I the really I like you to say I love Christian McCaffrey. That's the problem here. I still think Christian McCaffrey is a first round pick in re- redraft, and I love Ramondre Stevenson. Rest of season, um, Waddle is going to be a little more inconsistent, and Cook is uh, Cook
1: is more inconsistent. I think Waddle's fine, but like there's up and down. Cook moments could be for a Delvin, little but-
2: injury prone too here, so. Uh, I mean, I guess you can make that same argument for McCaffrey. Dang I, I'm taking it. <laughs> that.
1: I'm taking that deal. If I have lost Cooper Cup this season, you still have Travis Etienne. All right, this person is five and five. Obviously, a crucial point in the fantasy season. Mm-hmm. Twelve team league. Tua is on buy. Which of these starting quarterbacks do you want to have? Ryan Tannehill, uh Matt Ryan, or Zach Wilson? Um. Oh boy. Tannehill against the Packers. Matt Ryan just subbing in now, and Zach Wilson against the Patriots.
2: Um she's Matt Ryan has the Eagles this week. I guess I take ten against the Packers I don't uh, I love think it. that
1: is the correct call as well too. They had some other uh lineup calls which are more or less pretty obvious. Would you trade Chris Goblin for alave and Rashad White they have Leonard Fournette um so the idea would be maybe you're getting the backup or timeshare person mm-hmm. in this situation yeah, I think uh I think Godwin
2: and Alave are kind of a wash a little bit, especially if James comes back for the um you know for the, for the Saints. Saints here mm-hmm. james was dialing in on Olave so you know we, we we like to think that um you know that Olave emerged as the number one target Olave was James's number one target when Michael Thomas was healthy and um and he you know maybe he wasn't as efficient and the efficiency has grown over the years but Olave and Godwin's kind of a watch and if you can get that insurance for in the form of Rashad White, I I believe I would make that deal I like
1: a more than Chris Goblin. And I have Chris Goblin in a lot of places. So that, that yep. seems to be a very obvious right. one to me. I want to so burn through a few before. more of these here. Um, let's see uh, the, the trading him. So uh, Alan Robinson for Hertz and Tony, they just, they just got Justin Fields. So Justin Fields and Alan Robinson for Hertz and Tony. Do you like that move? They have, uh, they have AJ Brown. So they're, one you know, of it's, the it's
2: similar time. to the Hertz fields discussion before. I like the it's Hertz the and Tony person, said my
1: really question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh Let's see. Ooh, Christian in the real deal. Yep. We talked about that as mm-hmm. well too. How about this last one? Uh, just so we could run up Debo and Mark Andrews for Stefan Diggs, obviously Debo losing a little bit more workload with Christian McCaffrey uh, on the 49ers. So Debo and Mark Andrews for Diggs. Oh
2: boy. That's a really tough trade. Again, normally the philosophy is you want the West best player. And if that's the case, Diggs, you want to stay put with Murray. Diggs, but if you can address your tight end wasteland, And address it for the rest of the season while also getting someone who, for all I know, could be comparable to Diggs' rest of the season – I think I'm, the Debo Mark Andrews side is enough for me to surrender digs.
1: I agree with you as well too. I mean that might be a win-win trade for both people. And we talked about all the tight ends mm-hmm. that could be available on waivers. If you're yep. listening to the show. You might have an advantage over everybody else in terms of the Greg Dulciches of the world and the Trey McBrides yep. and uh, Foster Moreau. So I, I do think that if you're moving Mark Andrews, to the assumption yep. you're going to get 75, 80% exactly of the production on that.
2: Exactly. Side. Hey, a couple more quick news tidbits in the last you know mm, 20, 30 nice. minutes or yep. so. Stafford still in concussion protocol. You know we're going to have to see what's going on there. Also, we just got one. 19 minutes ago Najee Harris dealing with knee discomfort now it doesn't seem like it's going to prevent him from playing in Sunday's game is what Mike Tomlin said but um you know we'll wait and see maybe uh Jalen Warren can continue to build off of those uh season best participation levels and maybe that knocks him up a dollar or two on your fab bid here as as things roll along
1: all right and one more sneaking in here um let's see do I trade fields DeAndre Swift and Higgins for Tyreek Hill and Kyler Murray. So, Justin no. Fields, Swift, Higgins.
2: Fields, Higgins. Swift, Higgins. I mean, you, Higgins, you have a couple more weeks without Chase. Swift is only going up from here, even if he's not playing the full snap snap count. And Fields is miles better than Murray's outlook rest of the season. I think that's a no-brainer. You keep the Fields, Swift, Higgins. Yeah, set. I,
1: I get that people are in love with Tyreek Hill, but I don't, I don't know if we need to be jumping to that equation. Like, yeah, actually, Tyreek
2: Hill's I look- awesome, but like, there's nothing right. that guarantees he's more productive than Higgins. I guess... He's ranked well ahead of Higgins the rest of the year, but you know, eight or nine spots, you if know. So
1: if you're trading for a receiver, it's last week's show icon, Amara Cooper. That's and you don't have to give up a premium like what we're reading. discussed here. There's multiple questions about Tyree Hill being trading. And again, with the Dolphins on bye this week, unless you are getting a discount on it, I am not making a move for any of those people. All right. That does it for us on the week eleven edition of the Waiver uh NFL Rotalware uh fantasy podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. We'll be back again next week, hopefully giving you some more top-wave aware pickups like the receivers this week and answer some of these questions that continue to roll in uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. So thanks, everyone, for listening.